podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Hello, welcome to Chesi Hour. My name is Meads and I'll be your host for this one. I've got two very special guests today. I've got Freemium. What are you saying, bro? How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Happy to, to, to bring some of, the, some of the slander that's been missed, man. Oh man, I know. Look, look, Freeman has got a couple of things to say about certain players, and um, I'm just gonna have to sit back and let him cook because he's been chomping at the bit for a couple of weeks now. So it's one of those ones you just have to wait and see because it's it's gonna be tasty. Babs, the criminal. Bro, what, what can I say, man? It's, it's criminal squared right now, man. This this is this is the agenda Avengers right here tonight, baby. I'm ready to go, man. I'm good to go. You know what? Some might say that I'm part of the Avengers uh, agenda Avengers too, bro. So I'm gonna try to be impartial because I'm hosting. I have to be impartial. I have to be impartial. But yeah, I think we're gonna start off with the Tottenham games. It, it does seem like a while ago, um, but the Tottenham game where we blamed them three 0 away from home. Um, one might say a perfect performance, but eh, if you go on the first half, it didn't really feel that way. Um, Freemium, how did you feel that first half in particular went tactically? Where do you think things looked wrong or where we looked wrong? And um, yeah, who, who were your real standouts in that first half? Because it, it weren't looking pretty and the team did look kind of off sync and out of balance. Yeah, that first half was ugly, man. I mean, where to begin? I think one thing I will say is that uh, Jorginho and Kovacic, yeah, yeah, Jorginho and Kovacic were, were solid. Um, defensively, Thiago Silva was just outstanding the whole, the whole game. And then, yeah, man, there were just some shocking, shocking performances that first half, man. And I don't, I don't want to be the guy that names names, but Mason Mount, yeah. Woo! My, my, my. In fact, yeah, I was saying at halftime, I was like, listen, People, everyone agreed in the Discord that we needed some changes. And I was like, listen, if Tuchel has any sense, he's going to hook Mount. He needs to take him off, man. He is stinking up the pitch. And he's, it's not his day. It wasn't his day the last game against uh, Zenit, where he was definitely the worst player on the team. And then again, against Tottenham, he's coming with the same, with the same stuff, man. And it was just, it was painful to watch. It was hard to, 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 to get my head around because people, people kept saying, you know what? Havertz also, and I was like, yeah, Havertz, Havertz also had a terrible game. 
But at least with Havertz, I can point to a different game in the season. But like, yeah, you know, he's been he's not been terrible the whole season. But Mark, I'm struggling to think of a game where he's been like at the level he was last season. And that's not to say that he was some incredible player last season. I know he won uh, player of the season, but for me personally, you know, somebody's player player of the season awards. When Mark won it, I didn't really agree with it. When Covert just won it, I didn't really agree with it. So I'm not saying that he's you know he was like some incredible player last season, but yeah, this season he's just not been. Just in fact, if from the Euros, from when the Euros began, he's just not been the, the same player. And uh, yeah, Tottenham was just evident on display. But do you not think that you're slightly harsh? Now, again, I, I want to say that Mason hasn't been great this season. He's not really started well. And yeah, like you said, there's kind of a Euro hangover. He didn't really have a preseason. Um, and last season, he played God knows how many games, like back to back, consistently. Chelsea's, well, go-to guy. Um, do you think that that may have just caught up with him? Like, the accumulation of games. I think he's already played 100 games for Chelsea. He's nearing, nearing 100 games for Chelsea already in two seasons, or just two and a bit seasons. Do you think that accumulation of games has started to play up to him, or do you think it's something else? I mean, it could be. It could be. He has... Yeah, I mean, I can't really... I'm not sure if I can if I can name just another player who just comes on the scene and then just plays just as many games as he's played in such a short period of time because because he's he's like for at least two seasons he was just playing ninety after ninety after ninety and it was like he was never he was almost never dropped like he was just yeah even in like Carabao Cup games he'd be the guy who remains so it could definitely be that that's taken a toll on him but then a lot of it I think is just just it's just you know how he is how he plays because some of the some of the situations that you find himself that you, that you see him get into like one two, situation in particular, one that I'm sure everyone will remember will be when he's, you know, we're, we're, we've got a three-on-two against against Tottenham. There's Havertz to his left, there's Lukaku to his right, and he passes to Lukaku behind him, but as soon as he releases the ball, he's already signaling to him, yo, give it back to me, give it back to me. And it's like, my brother, you just passed the ball to Lukaku inside the box. It's a terrible pass, but we'll let that go. Who are you to then tell him to give the ball back to you? Like you, he has this kind of this kind of hero mentality where he thinks that you know he's the guy who's going to save the day. It's, it's getting it's getting on my nerves. You <laughs> know, it's like you pass it to Lukaku, let Lukaku cook. All right, do you not think? Yeah, and and I, I look, I've, it's been something I've been noticing in Mason Mount's game for quite some time. Um, are you? Do you not also think that that's because Mason is he's taken on a degree of responsibility as a senior member of the team, even though he's still young, still only 22. You don't think it's possibly he's trying to take responsibility, one. And two, he kind of recognises where he's at. I feel like players know when they're in good form. He, he, he needs know. to know to delegate, man. Wait, I, well, I, no, I hear that. But like, I feel like players know when they're in good form or not. Mm. And I feel like he's starting to feel like, not necessarily the pressure, but he's starting to recognise that his performances haven't been up to scratch. He hasn't scored in 20 games for club and country. So I think that he's like starting to feel I need to do something now. You know what I'm trying to say? And that's why like a goal, generally, we know how fickle football fans can be. A goal generally can rewrite our entire performance. And I feel like he feels like he needs a goal and he's being quite desperate in the way he plays um, and very greedy. I remember there was a moment in the Tottenham game where the ball goes out, he takes the corner, um, it gets cleared. I think Alonso's on the ball. And Mount has been calling for, he's calling for about two minutes. The ball, the ball then goes to Mount. Um, there's about six players in the box. Mount cuts in and then tries to shoot. 
and it, uh, there's no room to shoot. When he tries to shoot, it gets blocked, and then the chance is gone. Like those moments there, you just look at Mount and you think, okay, I feel like he's getting a bit desperate. Um, Babs, how do you think that first half panned out? Um, and again, I, I don't really want to turn it into a Mason Mount bashing session, but where did you think things went wrong? That, <laughs> that, that was that was a smart idea to, to to let that little disclaimer happen but I thought that first half was just like a perfect 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 like communication of like what I tweeted out a couple like, even just like a couple of days before that game where I said you, if you've watched the way you play Lukaku has raised the level I mean it's now for Mountain Habits to meet it and actually help us like actually challenge because in my opinion the two of them have been poor in that game especially I thought Mount was poor in his decision making you know, Premium mentioned the fact that, you know, he, he made that poor pass to Lukaku, but there was even the pass to Havertz. Like, he had, a, he had a plethora of options. And even if he wanted to, he probably could have shot. Because that's how you do, that's actually the first time I've actually seen him have opportunities to shoot and it's not a defender directly blocking him. But yeah, like, when, when it comes to decision-making, it's not exactly something I expect from Mount to do consistently well. So I'm not really surprised. But in terms of the first half in general, I thought um, Thiago Silva was definitely the standout. Thiago was definitely the standout. And Christensen also did a good job of helping them get the ballers in the midfield. Kovacic, man, this season he's 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 been a level above the rest. He's good. He's, he's been he's been a, a level above the rest, man. An absolute level quality. above the rest. He's been quality, and I feel like he's starting to come into his own. He's twenty seven now. Mm. Started to reach the peak of his powers and just his composure, his ability to now he's starting to break lines far more consistently. Yeah, exactly. He's a lot more brave with the ball. And and you, you know what, means I'm going, I'm going to stop you there. You, you just said something that he, he's breaking lines consistently, and I remember what. what I remember people used to say, oh, you know, you, sh- you shouldn't ask for, for more of players. You know, you should just take them for what they are. But clearly, coaching is showing that you Bro. can develop aspects of your game. So Bro, You see what I'm saying? So, like, when, when we at Chelsea Hour start saying that there's some improvements that players Bro. need to make, and people then start saying, oh, no, you've got an agenda, or oh, you start crying. Bro, players aren't perfect. Players, mm-hmm. all they all have things that they could work on. Even the greatest players have things that they could work on. Like, but... Let's not pretend that players are perfect. Let's accept that whilst they're not, you know, whilst they're not perfect, that if there's things that they can improve upon, it doesn't mean that we hate them. Doesn't mean that they're rubbish. It means that there's certain things that they need to improve and can improve, and they do generally, largely a lot of these players do. So looking at Kovacic, no one could tell me Kovacic from the Sari season is the same one that we're seeing today. No chance. He's improved. He's he's completely upped his game. And he looks a better player for it. And the things that we were complaining about that he wasn't doing, he started to do more of, and he's now getting his plaudits. What do you think that's cool of? Improvement. So it's just it's just all a bit of a madness, really. The whole thing that you you can't expect players to improve or you can't put pressure on them to improve, it's a bit, it's a bit of a madness to me. Madness. But I completely agree. Kovacic um, was definitely... A, 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 he's up the levels this season. Um, I think Jorginho has started a quite sluggishly um, and I mm. think that's largely again accumulation of games. Games, yeah. Italy um, in the Euros, no, no rest, no preseason. So again, with Mason, with um, Jorginho, I, I'm gonna be a little bit. I'm gonna have to give a little bit of leeway to them. That being said, with Mason, you kind of you know what you get with him, really and truly. So I don't necessarily think it's all purely down to an accumulation of games. I think there's just certain things that he, as an individual, as a player, needs to improve. Um, so that being said. With the second half, I did. I did actually feel like the first half Tottenham were not necessarily all over us, but they they had the running of the game, mm. and I felt like they played. They just played better than us, and they made us very uncomfortable. Um, it, they, they, it was interesting because they actually deployed something similar to what they did against City, 
where they had like that free and free like f- man flat midfield for high up to press our midfield and try to stop us like in our, in our build up and it actually worked it actually worked pretty well because like, we weren't exactly able to do stuff unless we were like on the break like once we actually beat that initial like free man press and they had moments like the um the, the um the mount um counter attack the habits counter that's when like you start to see it but i think they did a good job in that aspect but it's just mm-hmm. even more plaudits to Tuchel for as you're going to say going into second half like that's yeah. completely changing the game and I feel like with with the with the tactical approach, I feel like obviously a lot of the pundits were talking about, oh, you know, he changed the formation, changed the system. But Tuchel was very defiant in saying that no, there weren't a change of system. Um, some yeah. players just didn't turn up today, and I think that's very important, very very Bro, important. Honestly, like, it's key, man. For sure. Yeah, because I feel like with Tuchel, the best thing about him, you get a refreshing honesty and a, just an upfrontness that you never really get with managers. I've not really had that sort of upfront and honest approach where it's with, whether it's with players, whether it's with the press, whether, whether it's with fans, he's very upfront and honest. And I feel like, you know, the, the fact that he said that, and Mason Mount has been one of his most important players, he's played him consistently, but even him, he's not afraid to say, look, he wasn't good enough. And it's not because, oh, we changed the formation or changed the system. The player that was got, that got replaced just simply wasn't at the level, didn't have the right attitude, didn't bring himself fully to the game and decision-making was poor and sloppy. And largely, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong at all. Um, and when you bring on a player like N'Golo Kante, who, for me, one of the best midfielders in the world, comfortably, comfortably, again, he just showed the levels. Like that. Whilst you think that taking off Mason Mount and bringing on N'Golo Kante for him is a defensive approach, Chelsea attacked way better without Mount. Way better. And... What did you make of that, um, Freemium? Like I, I, because for me, I, I wasn't shocked, but I was shocked that that was... I was shocked that Kante came on for, for now. What, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I was I was surprised at, at, at the... Because the, I knew that... I thought that we should take Mount off, but I didn't really... I didn't really think that Kante would be, that would be the, the solution. But yeah, man, I think it was... It was as Tushul said, it was just a bit more energy. And, and his ability to kind of be to cover so much ground just kind of allowed us to have so many, so much, so many more passing options. Cause Kante, Kante is, he's never, he's never standing still and he's just so good at finding space and picking up the ball and moving it on. And that just facilitated the attack so much better than, than, than Mount was able to do in it while he was playing there. But also, also like, I like the, the fact that he tweaked it in uh, mid game. Cause it's not that, like like people said at halftime, oh yeah, you know he he changed the system to try and protect Mount because that's the line that the media were going for to try and hide the fact that Mount was dragged. They said, oh, he changed the system so that you know so that so that you could bring on Kante. But Mount was already playing in midfield. He already moved Mount to the midfield in the in the last part of the first half, as Dan Dan highlighted uh, in. Um, yeah, it, it was already a um, uh, three five two already. Yeah, so and, that change was already done. So it was already the same formation, and it was it was literally just the, the energy and the unselfishness of of Kante because that's really what it was. It was just Mount being selfish and trying to be the hero that was just ending too many attacks. But to be honest, not just a, not just a single amount because you know you say that I'm hard on him, I am hard on him. But let's also you know highlight that Havertz was also bad, and but Havertz was bad in a different way because I think the reason why Havertz maybe gets away with being bad in, in, in the way he was, was that he was just getting bullied. Like the, he wasn't ever in a position where it was like, yeah, you're through on goal here, just 
all you need to do is is to make the decision and, and not be selfish and therefore you're in it because when when you're just getting bullied it's kind of like people people can feel sorry for you and people can kind of forget ah you know he's trying his best he's getting bullied but with Mao, it wasn't that he was getting bullied he was he was like losing his jewels or whatever but he was also being selfish and and there's only so much that you can take because if it's one game and all, that's that's the other thing right Mark has just come off the back of a game where he was unanimously the worst player on the pitch for for our team. Let's not let's not mean let me not exaggerate. He was unanimously I, I'm the worst player. I'm about to say because then it weren't great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was the worst player on the team. He was definitely better than some Zenit, than most of the Zenit team. But yeah, he was the worst player on our team. So obviously pressures the eyes are gonna be on him. If you have a bad performance, people are not gonna be watching someone else who didn't have the same bad performance. You didn't watch the news to say, okay, well let's see if he picks it back up. And he didn't. It was that was clear to see. So obviously now next game, if Havertz plays, Havertz is going to have eyes on him because you can't get bullied again because you can't just be in the Premier League getting bullied week in week out. That's just not acceptable. But Mount happened. So I don't know, man. Yeah, man. We need we need uh, solutions. I hope we go to a two. To be honest, I, hope, I feel like with I feel like with Mount though. Um, no, I feel like with Havertz. I think that you're right. He does get away with things because technically he's good. But I feel like. You're right. Physically, he can get bumped off the ball. And it's a bit frustrating because I've seen Havertz give people the business physically. I've seen him do it. So either he, on that day, just might not be up to it or he's just not being as aggressive. Because definitely the latter part of last season, he was fully aggressive. In the Euros, again, aggressive. So it, it is a bit of frustration for me. It's definitely something he needs to work up on and just to be in the game consistently. I think he tends to float in and out of games at the times. And obviously for a young player, you get it. But yeah, I feel like he needs to be a bit more intent in the game and always exactly. present in the game. Because I feel yeah. like that that takes him to the next level. The same way where I feel like Mason Mount, if he improves his decision-making and his, um, his final third execution, it takes him to the next level. I feel like Havertz, if he adds a bit more aggression and consistency in the game as in being present in the game, I think that takes them to another level. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So yeah, they they they, they need work on different things because I don't see Havertz as a selfish player, and I don't see um I don't see um Mason Mount. I always see Mason Mount as an ever present in the game, whether he's good or bad, he's always there. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely true. That's always take away from him. Yeah, you always he's feel always Mason Mount. You always feel Mason Mount in a game. You always feel him, whether he's playing pat poorly or good. You always feel that Mason Mount is here and he's present and he's never really hiding and ducking. So, yeah, I thought I do feel like that performance was quite disappointing um, from Mason. But again, Angola, when you've got players like Angola to bring off the bench, even Timo Werner, when he came on, looked active. Um, didn't miss a chance again, though. And I'm just like, oh, you just have to, you just, you just have to. It was two. Yeah, two. You know what I mean? Two. You're not so mad, right? Nice. No, you know what it is? I tried to be nice. It is too. <laughs> it's like you feel like you feel like I've gotten to a point where I feel like I just come to expect it of him, and that's that's ridiculous. That's almost like you have to sell him when you get to that point where you expect him to be bad or expect him to miss chances. That's the time where you really need to be looking at selling someone. Oh, Babs, go on. What are you, you going to say about Timo? Because that like, guy, yeah, man, like, like he's one of those players where like he, he, he's he's like a give and take kind of guy. Like he gives you like the, the the ability to spread the play, you know, with his pace. You know, he always has like the defenders like worrying or whatever with the pace, but he also has you worried, and that's where the pull is. Like you're worried because like 
But you're not even worried because you know he's going to miss. Let's be honest, you know you're going to, but you're just worried about how badly is he going to miss? How bad is the touch going to be? And how badly are we going to, are we going to actually like be costed by it? And we can only be just thankful that you were 2 0 up by the time he actually came on for Kai. But yeah, I mean, team, man, it's, it's, a, it's a big, big shame to see, man, because it just looks like his confidence is gone. Like it's completely gone. And it, and it just makes me think right now, you know, when we look at our, the way we play, and it actually worries me, right? Because when we when you look at it, right, in terms of our, our front three, you know it's going to be Havertz, Matt and Lukaku. And I don't think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing if they're all firing, but if there's no pressure on these guys to actually step up and perform, then boy, I'm not sure. Because for me personally, those two in behind Lukaku, they're not really doing the job right now. And then when you've got Werner in behind, you know, trying to push them, it's like, that it's not really going to challenge them. So I can only just hope for a bit more. Because yeah, as you guys even said on Havertz, even in terms of like the intensity and getting the game, and I feel like he really, he really needs to like buck up his ideas because I think the only problem was, right, Tottenham are a very physical team. And then Romero especially, there was no chance Kai was going to get the beat of him. Like he's a very, very strong defensive physically and actually um, it, when it comes to real defending. So I feel like Kai is kind of player, right? You know, he, he has that like, like, lackadaisical approach, but I don't think he's anywhere near good enough to be that, like, that chilled out in the way he plays. He's nowhere near good enough at this point to be that chilled out. Like, he needs to add some sort of intensity to his game because, at the end of the day, this is the premise, the most intensely, that's what sets it apart. Like, people say quality, but for me, I don't think it's quality. I think it's intensity. Like, you, you see the best players are the most intense. You look at wingers, you know, you look at your Athenians, look at your Marnets, your Sanders, those guys are really, really intense. And that's what sets them apart from, like, the, you know, the, the other, like, guys, you know, like your Pepe's and all, and all of them guys. Like, you need Havertz to be more intense. And it's like what you guys said. Mm. That's why Mount is so noticeable. Because he's always, like, he's a busybody. He's always getting involved. And that's what, like, boosts it up. Because, like, if you look at the Tottenham game, you know, you look at Havertz, the way he was playing, he was losing duels. You know, he was, he was jumping out of 50-50s. He was, he was missing dribbles. And it's like, you want a bit more from this guy. And for me, personally, I'm actually looking at Tuchel as well. Because for me personally, I, I don't know why he's playing him so deep. You know, I, I get playing him in the twin tens, but one of the problems oh, with the twin tens is right. But let me one... tell you, let me tell you, ask you that question. Mm-hmm. The reason why he's playing deeper is because Mason Mount plays far more advanced. Bro, Mount, I was going to come to that. Mason Mount generally plays as a second striker, and that 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 and it's 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 actually an oxymoron because Mason Mount is by no means an attacker at all. Yeah, at he all. Plays so advanced to play. It, it kind of gets in the way, really, mm-hmm. balance-wise. And, and you know what's so funny, right? I don't know if you've clocked it, but we, we've seen ZH do the exact same thing as Mount recently. Like, the Villa game, yeah. he did the exact same thing. Yeah, he was making good runs, but he, I want Kai in those positions. Like, I don't want Mount any... I don't want Mount anywhere near the goal. Anywhere near the goal. Anywhere near. Because, one, he's not he's not the best of shooters. He's not he's not a good... He's not, that like, the best of creators. So, like, I don't want him there. Like, I want him in between the lines, you know, between the midfield and defence, you know, plugging the gaps and like being that like third man to actually like join them in field to the attack and then let Kai and, and Lukaku do their thing up top. Because I think those are our, our actual killers when it when it comes to like playing up top. And that's the problem with the twin tents. It, it has um a sole responsibility on one of them being the guy that plugs in the gap between the midfield and the attack. And so far, so so far this season it's been Havertz. You know, we saw against Arsenal it was him. Against Villa, again it was him. This game was good is it's him. And I think Tuchel really needs to like so I don't know what you need. I don't know if you even need to take him out and like try and change the system a bit or like actually just like make more of an effort to actually put Kai like more forward. Because for me personally, this guy is Kai Havertz, he's not a midfielder, he's a forward. Like just play him as a deep line forward, you know, let, let him link up with Lukaku 
you know there'll be magic. We all know there'll be magic because this guy is a fire. He's a final action player. He's not the guy you want, like you know, getting the play and trying to like play out of the needle passes, like from the from the middle of the park. You want him making the final pass into the attacker or playing off of the attacker. That's what made him so lethal for Leverkusen. You know, they played the they played him in midfield, but the difference was he was actually he was just playing the attack. So he was able to make those Fernman runs. You know, DRB was finding him. You know, it was so easy for them to, to score goals. That's why he was their top scorer for two seasons running. And I feel like if Tuchel was able to do that with, with Kai in this team, play him as the attacker rather than Mount, I think we could really be, really, really be doing some stuff there yeah, in, in terms I, I of going feel, forward. I, I feel like because Havertz ain't playing in the false nine anymore and Mount knows that, it, even that he knows, he knows that he and Havertz kind of share responsibility in supporting Lukaku. Mm. Mount doesn't really share the responsibility. He just supports Lukaku. Yeah. And when Mount generally is the attacking midfielder that supports a striker, he often plays as a second striker yeah. and plays for himself. Exactly. Like, we saw it, man. We saw it under Lampard. It's a Mount under Lampard. Exactly. Under Lampard, when playing with Tammy Abraham, mm-hmm. there yeah. was at no point. And I mean, there were very few points where you could reference a game where Mason Mount was creating opportunity after opportunity for Tammy Abraham. Mm-hmm. But you would know, you can reference games where Tammy Abraham is the one that is creating and yeah. creating opportunities for Mason Mount and other attackers. That's not how it should really be. Like your striker shouldn't be the one that's creating opportunities for others solely. It should be a give and take situation. And I feel like Mason Mount, because he has got this um, desire to score and desire to be that guy, it does hamper the attacker. And there have been multiple occasions where I've been seeing Bukaki get frustrated. Multiple. Um, and obviously, we need to put the, uh, our attack in the best situation to win. And I feel like, you know, with, with the, the split striker system, um, it probably will bear fruit um, with Kai Havertz and Lukaku up top. But again, we'll just see how we we'll have to wait and see what Tommy T says and does because he, he's been all about experimenting. And I guess that kind of leads into the to the Villa game. Um, boy. That was a good that was a good game, you know. I thought that was a good tie. I thought that was like an entertaining tie, you know, a, a proper cup match. The first half was kind of drabby. It was kind of dry, but there was a certain standout performer who absolutely needs to get his flowers, considering the stick that he's got over the last year and a bit. Ruben off the chic. Now, freemium Babs, you guys haven't really been the biggest backers of Ruben staying. Um I thought I got away with that one, man. I thought I got away. Nor have you been the biggest backers of him generally. So I want to hear from you guys, obviously. What what were your opinions on his performance? How do you think he did? And um, where do we go from here now, I guess? So we'll start with you, Freeman. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna suggest we start with Babs because he was the one who was delivering most of the slander. I'm not gonna. It's, it's true. It's true. It's mostly to, Babs. We have, both, we have to get both of the agendas together. So, all right, we'll, we'll start with Babs. Damn, you're just, just gonna chuck me in it like that. Absolutely. But Absolutely. yeah, man, I, I thought, I thought, I thought it was decent. I thought it was decent. You know, you got a good whoa, amount whoa, of touches. Whoa, 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 Babs. Babs. You said the first half. Babs. Babs. So we're talking about the first half. Babs. Tell the, tell the truth, the truth, man. He was decent. He was decent. You said decent. I thought it was decent. I thought right, it was a standard right, performance. Out of 10, out of 10, what would you give it? A solid 7. Oh, my God. I'll give that a solid 7 out of 10. I'll give no. that a solid 7 out of 10. You're shameless, man. You're shameless. No, you're disgusting. You're shameless. Bro, bro, you know bro. Nick, he, he was playing against Morgan Sanson and Marvelous Nakamba. 
it's big, big man. Come on, man. The, the Babs, it's because you said too much. You said too much. And don't talk like Marvin Stacamba wasn't playing plenty of Premier League games last season, but he was. So he's a Premier midfielder. So, Babs, it's okay. I'll let you continue with your summary. Go on, bro. Sorry. But yeah, man, I thought I thought it was decent. He did, he did a good job in the midfield. You know, he made a couple of recoveries. You know, he made the one tackle, which was quite key when um, when um, Cho messed up and one of the attacks. So that, that was good to see. And, you know, he, he, he was, what I mean, he was probably the best people of the day. That's 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 obviously an obviously given. You know, a lot of people get, gave him slack. I gave him slack. I'm still going to give him slack. But, you know, yeah, I thought it's, it's good to see, you know, looking good again. You know, he, he did have a good game. He didn't really have any, like, many negatives. You know, he spread the play quite well as well, which is something that we don't really see from our midfield. You know, he was found in Chilwell in really good positions. He found Cho in really good positions as well. And I thought, other than that, I thought, like, he just had, like, a really, like... Yeah, it was a decent game. It was a decent game. Like, it was good to see him, like, getting fitness again. Can I can I interject, and obviously for the listeners, and just clarify that slack is the wrong word that Babs is using. Gave him stick, not slack. Cutting someone slack is when you're giving them allowances... And Babs gave him absolutely no slack. So, um, yeah, please, Freemium, I want to hear your, your view on what you saw with Ruben Loftus-Cheek's performance and generally the performance yesterday from the fringe players because there were 10 changes made in total um, from, from the Tottenham game. So what, what, what are your thoughts? Listen, I, on the fringe players, yeah, it's best that I, I keep it mo- very brief, man. very, very, very brief. Because I won't have many positive things to say about most of the fringe players. Mm-mm. Most of the fringe players came in and stank it out, man. Most of them. <laughs> and I, I have seen some some shameless people saying that Saw had an excellent debut, and I was just sitting there like, "What? Huh? Bro, what oh, that is the most frightening game, game I've seen from a centre back, man. That is very spooky, bro. Very spooky. Crazy clumsiness." Oh. That laziness in, the, in 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 tackling, laziness in passing. He was he looked, like, he looked like he was running with two right feet. Oh, it was bad. But um, yeah, go on, Freeman. Sorry. Yeah, man. Nah, man. So let's talk about the positives because I I will admit, I think it was uh uh in his recovery game under Lampard where he we played. I think it might have been Everton or something. It was but it was Brighton. Oh, was it Brighton? Okay, and he stank out. And I was the first to say, listen. This is not it. This is this guy's never coming back. It's over. End the romance. Let's cut the ties now. And people said, "No, you're being harsh. This is first recovery game." I said, "Listen, he's played in training. I don't understand how he's not able to find a pass or how he's not able to shield the ball anymore. Like whatever. I know he was a good player before, but right, what we're seeing right now is just sad. Sometimes, you know, instead of letting, you know, the 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 older dog suffer, you got to put him out their misery, man. You got to take him to the vet, get an injection. I thought I was really to say that it was time for, for us to say goodbye and to, to let him leave on a high. He went out on loan. He didn't impress on loan, let's be honest. And I was, again, back with the slander, quick to say, oh, look, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, zero goals, one assist and playing all these games for Fulham. They got relegated and he was the worst attacker they had. People said, yeah, he's not an attacker. That's not really his game. I said, excuses, excuses. He's finished. He's not coming back. And then, you know, yesterday, I can't lie, I don't want to get too carried away and say, you know, like he's back in the team and he's back. Fantastic. But for the performances that we've seen from some of the other players that have played, that was a very, very, very good performance. And if, you know, we've seen Saul play and, you know, people are making excuses for him and saying, no, but he'll be back and he'll be this and that. It looks more promising seeing this Ruben Loftus-Cheek performance than it does looking at a lot of other mid-midfield performances. 
people are very happy, you know, when Gilmore does sign or when um, Gallagher does sign. But that Loftus Cheek performance is a lot more impressive than any than many of the performances. I don't want to say any, but many of the performances that we've that we've seen people clap for Gilmore, and most of the performances that we've seen people clap for Gallagher. That was a very impressive performance. Most impressive was the way he was comfortably beating beating his players, comfortably finding some space, just the press resistance. Like he was just avoiding challenges like like for fun. And he was accurate with his passing, his dribble attempts, 100% dribble accuracy from the middle of the pitch. He was winning him most of his ground duels. He was passing the ball forward. And there were so many times where he would get he was getting a pass and he was maybe under pressure. And I didn't see an option for him and he found the forward pass and it was like a, a nice 15 yard pass that cut through three players. Yeah man he was he was he was showing a lot. He was That's what I'm saying. He must have given too short a headache. And Babs is out here saying he was all right. Like look look when we talk about players here seasonally opportunity there's one thing you can't deny Ruben lost his sheep was by far and away the best player on the pitch that night and I feel like Comfortably so too. Um, you had players like Hakim Ziyech who gets given a number of opportunities to prove that he's a decent player but kind of fails to make the grade. You had Timo Werner was there. You had um, Saul who was apparently the big, oh yeah, the fourth midfielder that's going to help us, you know, mount a title challenge. Oh, you can't win a title with just Jorginho, Kovacic and Kante. Um, and yeah, apparently light years ahead of Ruben off the sheep. Loftus is finished. But Last night, we saw a Ruben off the sheet that played with not only just hunger, desire, but with absolute quality. His ability on the ball, again, I think is something that's been underrated for quite some time. And I feel like because of the stint at Fulham, I think a lot of people kind of, kind not necessarily downplay him. I think a lot of people just shout on him, to be honest. A lot of people shout on him because of his injury and his recovery and he's not come back fit and firing and I, I find it just all bizarre like it was one game against Brighton where he played up front he played false nine like Lampard didn't know what he was doing played in false nine and then of course what's he gonna what does Frank Lampard do blame the player and then shunt him out on loan and honestly so him sending him out on loan was almost a blessing in disguise because off the cheek whilst he didn't perform particularly well in the attack for Fulham he played games. He played 90 minutes consistently uh, until like probably about three quarters of the season. And that for a player that has and is recovering from an Achilles um, tendon in, um, rupture, like him and Hudson Odoi have done, is valuable. And in, in fact, it's not even invaluable. It is vital that the moment you get back from your rehab, you're back to playing regular football again. And you're given the opportunity to play through your bad moments, which is always going to come. When you have an injury to this, of this magnitude, you're always going to have rustiness and because you, you need to get back the springiness, the explosiveness, the understanding and coordination with your body. Because well, Loftus Sheik was a physical player. He was always mobile. He was always fleet-footed. And he needed to really regain that, that springiness step and that ability to shield the ball, that ability to utilise and trust his body. He only got that because he was playing regularly with Fulham. And despite him not being in his best position, he got that regular game time. He got that regular rhythm and that ability to trust his body again. And all that came together uh, yesterday. And people want to talk about the level of opposition, which is fair enough. You could, you could do that. But 
Nakamba's a Premier League player. Um, Santos, Nusakton played in the Premier League, had terrible luck with injuries. Um, but I feel like you want to talk about it, but you can only go on what you see on the pitch. And what you saw on the pitch is this guy was by far and away the best player on the pitch by miles. And he's a player that absolutely deserves a break. And whilst, again, we talk about the level of opposition, Saul Niguez, um, again, failed to um, impress once again in a, in a slightly more advanced position um, today. And that almost kind of um, makes you re- recognise or maybe realise that Tuchel isn't blind, Tuchel isn't super biased, and thinks, hold on, yeah, Saul struggled. So let's see how he does further forward and let's see how lost the sheep does in the deeper role. And he was excellent as the deepest midfielder, even much more deeper than N'Golo Kante when he played for the first 45. Um, he was excellent. Now, do you think he gives him a headache going forward in terms of his ranking and status in the, at, at, the, at the club uh, in terms of midfielders, Freeman? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I feel like, I think he has to give him, like, there's going to be a moment when he has to make a decision because I don't think Jov- uh, Jovicic and Kante can play all of the games and he's going to have to think well I have to play uh, someone else in midfield he's already seen Saul so he's probably going to give him another chance but he's probably not going to be the first person that he get, that gets the chance and I feel the first person or maybe he needs to change a game because at, at this point from what, from what he's seen you can only say okay this guy could potentially even change a game and maybe with his forward passing because his passing was dangerous man like he was really really doing what, what Kovacic would have been doing in his place. And we've already said the high level that Kovacic has been playing at this season. And honestly, if I say that Kovacic has been playing at a high level, he must have been playing at a high level because I really don't just praise Kovacic for no reason. So if I'm praising Kovacic, you have to admit... Yeah, we, we know you and your history with Kovacic, Freemium. We know what you're on. <laughs> we know that you ain't been his biggest fan, so we'll take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been playing good. So And... and, and uh, Loftus-Cheek definitely came on and didn't drop the level at all, man. At all. Like, he, and Babs, he didn't drop it at all. Babs, what do you, what do you think about how Tuchel's going to be managing this Loftus-Cheek situation? I guess this remontada's been sensational. Um, and yeah, again, it's just been one game, so maybe we shouldn't get carried away. But do you think that that performance and the level of the performance is kind of going to play into Tuchel's thinking from now on? I think so, 100%. I, th- I think he definitely like jumps over Saul anyway. I don't think that was hard anyway to jump over Saul after the performance he gave, but I think he definitely does, and not just that. But I think I think he's he's probably in the, in the line in the um, running for like a couple like a good run of games in the lineup because obviously after him um, the City game and the Juve game, he may, I, I don't want to decide to play the Juve game, but then we have like um, Southampton at home, Brentford away, and then Malmo and Norwich. Like he has like a couple games there where he can obviously get a couple more games, you know, get fit, continue to get fit, and probably like actually give Tuchel um, something to think about because obviously. He offers them the similar profile of Kovacic in terms of like the dribbling. You lose a bit um, in terms of like the defensive aspect, but obviously when you're when you're playing against teams that sit back, a player of like um, Ruben's like dribbling dribbling style, you know his physical profile, he'll probably help to um, unlock a team because he's a probably he's probably a, he definitely in my opinion is a better like passer than um than the other two in the midfield when it comes to going forward anyway. At least you know he's a bit more incisive. So I think that yeah. like, he obviously gives like a different profile to what we have there already. So I think against a deep block, you probably would see him. Yeah. In, in that um, t- in that twin six position, you, you know what's funny? Despite the fact he was playing the deepest of the midfield, 
he still created two very good chances. <laughs> like, he still created two very good chances. That one way was at the end of the box and picked out, um, or he drove to the edge of the box and picked out Hakim Ziyech, um, and Ziyech fluffed his shot. And then, obviously, the ball drops for him in the middle of the box, and he has the composure and the awareness and selflessness to find Mason Mount, um, and Mason Mount kind of makes a mess of it and pokes it wide. Um, so, again, despite the fact that he was the deepest midfielder, he's still very creative. Um, he's got an eye for a pass, whether it's in the middle third or the final third. But I think yeah, I think he's got a chance. And I always believed that he did. And I always believed that he would because the way Tuchel was speaking about him in terms of his profile was someone that appreciated that this guy is a rarity. Like, you don't get many players that have this skill set that Ruben has. Um, but it was all about whether Ruben could maintain fitness, whether he could with, withstand the preseason um, demands that Tuchel had. And it seems like he's come through with flying colours. Obviously, it's a bit fortuitous that Loftus didn't actually accept a loan because he had loan offers, but Ruben denied, Ruben denied them and said, no, I'm, I'm here to fight for my place. And um, obviously, Tuchel, I don't know if Tuchel's quite happy about that. I don't really know. But the moment that the window closed, Tuchel took all of the players that actually didn't go on loan took them on board and said, look, okay, you're here with me and you're going to be given an opportunity. And once you get those opportunities, it's time, it's, you have to take it. You know what I mean? And I think that Ruben took it with flying colours and I think it does kind of put him in the frame of being that fourth midfielder, which I think that Tuchel desperately wanted. Um, I don't think he... I, and on, honestly, in getting Saul, it might have just stoked a fire in his belly that he might have not had before. Um, because he might have been looking at the Saul situation, man. I'm going to show you that you didn't need to get Saul on loan. I'm going to show you. Um, and so far, so good, man. But the season's young. You never know. You never know with these things. Players can get injured. Ruben could get a re-injury. I'm, I'm obviously touching hey, wood. Hey, touch wood, wood, man. Touch I'm wood. touching wood that he doesn't. say that? Touching wood that he doesn't. But, you know what I mean? You're going to need as many bodies as possible. Um, but it just needs to make sense. And um, obviously, Ruben, with the performance that he's put out, it, it might make sense for him to be getting a, a couple more minutes because um, there's every chance that he could start again. Not maybe not Man City, maybe not Juventus, but the games ahead um, against Brentford. I think, I, think, I, think, I think he could start Juventus. Maybe I, you know I what? I'm not. Could. I'm not I even saying he that he can't. I think he's got enough quality to. But in terms of too cool shuffling the pack too much, I'm not sure. You never know, though. You never know. Honestly, you never really know. Um, I, I think I think it would be a good show, show of faith to start him because it's, well, it's an away leg against some Juventus. Mm. And not just that, but Juve have been in terrible form as well of recent. You know, they literally, um in the last game, I think it was against um, Spazia, they literally scored in like, like the later embers of the game, like the lit. And like, it, it was literally a very, very tight game. And their midfield, if you look at their midfield, it's what, um, Rabio, McKenney, Bentacur. I'm telling you, I, I feel like Ruben could have a jolly up against them. Like, you, you they aren't the, the side that, that they won't swear. So, I do think you can definitely play that game. Oh, for sure. I don't think it's a, a matter of quality or not. I just think it's more about managing the load. And I know Tuchel's very big on, like, load management and stuff. So, we'll just have to wait and see. But things do look positive for him, which I'm happy about, absolutely. And I won't deny that. Um, but, yeah, so on to the big, big game this weekend. Early kickoff. 12.30, we love to see it against Manchester City. Now, Man City, I want to say they've had their issues of late. They're, they're, they're obviously, they're not, um, they've not got an unbeaten start, a defeated start. They lost to Tottenham. Um, 
They didn't obviously sign Harry Kane, so they're strikeless again. Gabriel Jesus is playing off the left, off the right, sorry, and Ferran Torres is playing through the middle. How do you guys see this game planning out? Um, Freemium, I want to kind of pick your brains on where you not only rank Thomas Tuchel against um, against uh, Pep, but do you think that Tuchel and Chelsea have City's number, given that we've beaten them three times in a row? I hope so, man. I really hope so. That, that's, that's what I hope. And I hope that the fact that we have beaten them three times in a row... Like mentally, that's got to be doing a number on Pep because we've already seen him for the for the final where he's he's outthought himself and he's thought, you know what? They play defensively. We're not we don't even need a DM. We're gonna play with just everyone attacking. It's gonna be great. And hopefully, hopefully he he does a, a similar thing where he this time he, he just overcomplicates his his tactics and and makes it a bit easier for us. And I do know that beat like getting just always having his number. It's definitely going to be um, an advantage for the team because the team, this is not a team that's going to go in there thinking, oh no, it's City, they're the league champions. This is a team that's going to say, okay, City, we've beaten them for the last three times we've played them. We know how they play. We know that they know that it's not going to be easy to beat us. We're going to have confidence and that's going to be very, very useful and good. Nice to, nice to see, man. I'm, I'm happy that we're, we're playing the, I'm like, definitely the strongest team in the league. But we're not even we're not even worried. We're not, we're not even worried because we've just shown time and time again that we are at least as good as them, if not better. And I feel like the confidence that we'll have, just knowing that you know we've proven it time and time again, is just it's it's just gonna make things easier for us and make things way more complicated for them because they have to they they really gonna want to win. And you know sometimes when you when you want something too much, you try and force it. And it doesn't work. For you. It's gonna be interesting, Babs. What is your assessment on what could potentially happen i think i think this kind of game is like this is this kind of game is such i don't want to call it a legacy game but this can absolutely destroy pep mentally if he allows him to dunk in it four times three, <laughs> three times is in three times is bonkers right and everybody always says three times the charm i've never heard anybody say the quadruple i've never i've never seen that happen before and it's so interesting because I just hope it's a thing of like we don't underestimate City mm. going into the game because if you actually look at City and their games this season, people have been saying that they haven't been that impressive. But in my opinion, I think they've been one of the best teams in the league. You know, you, you look at the chances they create, high quality chances. They've literally conceded like two xG. They don't concede any chances, like high quality chances. So they are a good team defensively. Like, even though they play that high line, they are a team that actually know how to defend well. And a lot of that's obviously down to Edison and the way he plays as a sweeper. But Speaking I do of think... Speaking of that, exactly, I was going to come on to that. But speaking of it, where you got players like Rom that could like to play on the shoulders, you know, he has he obviously he's, he's developed that back to goal aspect. But we know what classic Rom is about. Mm-hmm. We know what he's about, and then you've got Timo potentially coming in as well. Like, you see what I, he's done to Diaz already. I don't want to say that. Look, it's like it's like the it's like the perfect it's, antidote. It's kind of set, exactly, it's kind of set up quite nicely because obviously. You know, T- you know, you know, Tuchel likes rewarding players, and obviously, Timo Werner, whilst he did have a poor performance against Aston Villa, he scored a goal, and his confidence will be relatively high from that goal. Um, despite the fact he missed a chance five minutes after that chance, it's just oh, what? Yeah, what? I think I think that having Timo, 
yeah, I think that could be key, man. Because when you have a player that can, that can stretch the fences, as you just said there, he really does allow you to like change the avenue of the way you play. Yeah. And then you look at the way like Lukaku plays as well, like playing that pick and roll. Hey, if T was able to get in a couple of times, who knows? Who knows what that could do for his confidence, man? Like, but, I'm obviously, but, obviously but, I'm not but, gone. But, 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 I have to say, though, Mr. 29 has given Diaz the business a couple of times now. He, he does enjoy it against City as well. So Yeah, keep going. What are we saying? Are you playing Team Averna ahead of Kai Havertz? Personally, off the way they played this season, yes. Yes, because I I think Team was a lot more intense. He will press their back line a, a lot better. And he, I, I do think he's a, he's a, at this current moment in time, I think he's a tad bit more of a goal for it. A tad bit more. Mm. Like, so, I, I, like, in an ideal goal world. For it. Bro, I know, I know it sounds a crazy. goal for it. I know it sounds crazy, but hey, look, in an ideal world, I'd play Havertz, but the way he's been playing this season, the, the lack of intensity, for me personally, I, I just wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't risk it against City. I, I, boy, I'd play him. I'd play, I'd play Havertz against City. Hmm. Play in, Havertz in, in the split striker, I'm, definitely. Yeah, yeah striker, and, definitely. And, I, and I feel like my, my, my gut feeling is that they're going to play the 3-5-2 against City. That's my gut feeling. And like literally, the attackers are going to be the ones that kill City's um, defense. I just have that feeling. Obviously, Man City play with a free in midfield anyway, um, and they're obviously playing without a striker, so they're going to feel to overload. Phil Foden's now back; he might play again. I just get that feeling that you know they're going to play for Foden in there, and he could tuck into midfield. KDB's he's also played again, so KDB's back. I, I I just get that feeling that it's going to be N'Golo, um, Kovacic and Jorginho and I wouldn't begrudge it to be honest. I wouldn't begrudge it at all. I, I hope it's those three but I definitely do think that um, Werner deserves a chance from the start because he's already got the assist and I feel like we focus on his uh, inability to score goals uh, his finishing currently which is a shambles you can't, you can't deny it but his ability to create like in terms of final ball we hired Ziyech you know because we've seen him in the compilations, delivering it all the time, and he wins the, the player of the season awards in, in, in Holland. But unfortunately, that's not translated over here. And Mount does not have a final ball. Havertz's final ball is not his strong point. It's there, but, you know, it's definitely not the, the reason why you play him. But one is the only one who consistently is unselfish, who will happily go out wide. His cutbacks are always quality. They're always accurate. So yeah. If he's not there to score goals, we've got we've got Lukaku there to score. Yeah, I, I can't I can't lie I can't lie. As much as I rate Havertz and I think that Havertz should be playing in this game, it just feels perfectly set up for Lukaku and Havertz. I mean, and Werner. It just seemed perfectly poised. And obviously, they they've not got Laporte. I think John Stones is out for two weeks as well. So uh, Diaz already looks Ooh, a bit shaky. Okay. Diaz already looks shaky to me. Ake can get fisted up. Uh, I just feel, I honestly just feel like you play Timo Werner on Diaz, you play Lukaku on Ake, and then just go for it, bro. Like, go yeah, man. Like, I just think that's there. I think it's on. I think it's on. I think, so, I think it's definitely on, man. And, even, and then again, on the other top of the City game, guys, don't forget Discord. We will be live on the Discord, you know, doing a, a, a live talk, a live talk through chatting with you guys about the game. I'll, so I'll be local. I'll be yeah, local. We'll, we'll be local, man. Me and Meads will definitely be there, so we'll, we'll see you guys there at twelve thirty. But yeah, as you were saying, Meads. Oh, it just seems perfectly poised, and I just feel like that midfield three with Lukaku and Werner, and then you've got Reese James, 
make yeah, we say that wing back with Alonso because Alonso acts as that additional forward as well. So then I think that's a danger. I think I think that's got enough in it. I do. I really do think it's got enough in it. And we talk about the three-five-two being very defensive, and you know that you take away an attacker, but I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case at all. Because if you, for example, you play your two wing backs and your two strikers, that's your four attackers, then you've got an, an additional midfielder in Kante supporting or uh, um, Kante or Kovacic supporting an attack. Your attack with your five and defender with your five still. It doesn't really change much. You know what I mean? So, ah, oh, it's possible. It's going to be a very, very tricky game, but I just trust Tuchel's management and his just tactical approach to really get the best out of, a, um, out of the team. But I, do, I, I think I agree with you guys in terms of Timo Werner actually probably meriting a start. Because um, like you said, Mason Mount absolutely hasn't cut it. Havertz probably this isn't a game and I don't think he's really cut it in recent recent weeks too. Mm-hmm. So you'd probably give Timo Werner the nod. And anyway, on the top of the game, right? For me personally, I'd, I'd love to see that midfield three again. I really, really would. I would love it to see again. So, they were bro, so dominant, bro. Bro, it was, it, it was literally like it was literally like it was literally like they were playing together again like yesterday. Like the, the chemistry was honestly seamless. And I know I know Tottenham are a look man team, you know. I know they're a look man team. I I, I know, they're I know not they're not really the, the best midfield to judge by, but the way those three were, were, were interlinking and playing together, it was like, man, I think this is the chance. Because you look yeah. at it, like Gundahan's out injured already. We know Rodri's out injured already as well. So what are they going to play? 52-year-old Fernandinho in the midfield? Wait, wait, wait. Rodri's injured. I, I, I think he's injured. He ain't better than Fernandinho anyway. Even at 52, he ain't better than Fernandinho. <laughs> so that, that's You're a spitting. disadvantage to us still. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Rodri but he was still, mid. man. And then you look at the way City play, you know, it's going to be, we know it's going to be Foden and um, KDB most likely in midfield. Because, you know, the reports been coming on that, you know, Guardiola's prepping Foden in midfield, even though that's his natural position, whatever that means. Mm. It's like we, we know, we know that's what he wants to do. So... If we know this already going into the game, I think if we take that, if we take the onus to try and control it, I think we could do it. I really, really think we can control the game. Yeah. I, but generally, even if they had their best players, I feel like we've got more than enough to control them anyway. I don't think that Rodri or Fernandinho have the level of control that a Jorginho could bring to a midfield. Um, and generally, Chelsea tend to be the aggressors. Now, whether or not we're going to be complete domination in terms of having 60, 70% possession, I don't think so. But I think that I think that Man City might change their approach because they've tried to dominate us and we always just blam them on the counter in transition. I think they may actually try and sit us in, in transition. Um, but obviously with Alonso playing, it might actually be a bit problematic in terms of pain. Oh, pay. yeah. That's a good say. point. So I feel like they might I think about that. Back. I think they might sit back and not necessarily sit back, but be less aggressive in their possession play and try and hit us in transition, which could work. You know what I mean? It really all depends on the balance. It really does depend on the balance. And that's probably why I feel like the three four the 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 uh, three five two might be the best way to go. And a Kante will be a little bit more restricted um just to help out in the covering of the wide areas. Um, but it's going to be very interesting, man. It's going to be very, very interesting. Again, it's going to be very interesting seeing the substitutions that are made in that game. Um, and yeah, we'll see if... Um, we'll just see how it goes, man. I think it's going to be a very interesting game. And again, it's one of them ones where, whilst it's still early, it's a massive, massive, massive match in the title. 
Um, because I think these games against our title rivals are going to be very big generally because they're going to be the only opportunities I feel that you really take points off, play, off, your, off your rivals, really. Because I think that the, the league, the gap in the, um, the... I feel like the gap generally between the, league, the, the top four and the rest are quite, is quite substantial. Uh, maybe, arguably, Manchester United might be questionable, but with Liverpool, City and, and Chelsea... I think that there's kind of a, a sizable gap where they can be second, third gear and hit up teams. You know what I mean? Um, but it's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to seeing Lukaku. Lukaku has got a good record against Man City, relatively good record against Man City. Um, so I think that he might enjoy playing them, especially in a, in a team that gives them more of an opportunity to, to shoot and, you know, to play, really. So... It's going to be interesting, man. So oh, we're going to get your teams. You'll get your team lineups. Um, Freemium, what would your starting 11 be? Well, first of all, I've got to hope that my guy Mendy's back, man. We've got to see Uncle oh. pitch, man. I'm really not looking forward to seeing Kepa because, boy, them long shots. That Brother. Standing, boy, not trying to see it. <laughs> Brother. Now, look, that's not a, a slap on Kepa because Kepa has, he's been pretty decent like in, as a standing. And, you know, yeah, he's been pretty decent for me. And um, whilst I'm not his biggest fan, and you guys probably know, I'm definitely not a, a big Kepa fan. But this season, he's, he's definitely, as, as, a, as, a, as a figure, he's definitely filled out a bit more. He looks a bit stronger, a little bit more um, confident in his play. And I think that's all credit goes to Tuchel, because Tuchel's really instilled a lot of confidence in him. And what, whereas Frank Lampard before used to kind of publicly slate um, Kepa, um, Tuchel's kind of empowered him. Um, so, of course, I've, I've you know, like, like you three, man, I, I want Mendy back because Mendy, for me, is one of the best goalkeepers in the league, if not the league. Um, so, yeah, it would be a big boost to have him back. But hopefully, if obviously, if, if Mendy isn't there, we just can only hope and pray that Kepa still stands strong and continues the good form that he's been in. Man, I don't know about good form, man. I don't know if it was this game or the game before, but there was one game where someone had a shot from distance and he spilled and it. Yeah, that and he, was And then he catches it. And then that he was a prayer. Yeah, it was a prayer. He catches it and he stayed. He starts praying. I was like, oh my God, man. This it was like a Tottenham still. It was like a Tottenham still, yeah. <laughs> nah, man. When, as soon as the keeper starts praying because they catch the ball, I'm not, I'm not there for him. Man. I'm not Mendy. I'm not Mendy, man. I'm absolute, absolutely, man. So definitely go. Definitely the uh, unchanged, uh, unchanged back four. You know, definitely the Rudy Gulag and the AC Penitentiary there, with obviously Thiago Silva, Imperious captain, not not captain, but Imperious captain figure. Um, I'll probably play Aspi wing back, just because. Yeah, I feel like Aspi uh, is. Yeah, he just gets better with age, man. I don't know. What, I don't know what it is about him. There's something about his ability to always want the ball and always to try and find the forward pass but he's, he's always able to do it and I feel like sometimes with James he he will take an easy option out which Aspi wouldn't uh, yeah I've got to say Alonso left wing back not exactly happy about our, these wing back options but you know got to deal with what we've got and then yeah obviously the three midfielders pick, pick themselves and then yeah I'm going to go Timo and Lukaku man. Lukaku obviously and I believe that Timo can just not find himself in direct shooting positions and will be good, man. If he can find himself in those those positions where it's awkward to shoot but perfect to do his little cutback, his mm-hmm. his his final ball is is excellent. We really it really doesn't get stated enough. And yeah, man, I can see Lukaku eating, man. 
Uh, Babs, what what, what, your, what are you saying your team is? You know what, yeah. I know I've always, I've been the guy that's always said like I think Aspi is the better wing back than Reese James and that's why I want him to play there. But in this game against City, I'm playing Reese James there because I know for a fact um, Pep is definitely going to play Cancelo at left back. I have a very very good feeling that Pep is going to play Cancelo at left back. And with Cancelo's like pace, I think Reese James stands the better like chance of like containing him. Not to say that, not to say that Aspi can't, not to say that Aspi can't, but for me, oh, I so you're afraid. There. You're afraid. Oh, I was I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm afraid, but I just feel like it, it just makes sense that you want to combat a team strengths mm. with your strengths. You know, Reese is a guy that he likes a physical battle, so I think against the Cancelo, I think you can thrive. You know, against the Greenish as well, I think you could thrive. But what I would do is I'd go with Mendy and go off his fit. Thiago Silva in the heart of the defense. You know, the, we need the heart of our team there. Mm. Rudiger left centre back, given the contract, right centre back is our interest on because I want to say Christensen because I feel like this season... He's been fucking, fucking hard. Bro, bro give my wife ph- Phenomenal, man. Earn. Phenomenal. Give Christian his earn. Phenomenal. He has been cold. Phenomenal. Been cold. And you know why? You know why he's been cold? And you know how you can tell he's been cold? Because pundits that used to slate him to death yep. are starting to give him props and say exactly. he's as a man. He's grown up. You know what I mean? Bro, Christensen has been superb. Has superb. A- he, hasn't, he, hasn't put, he, hasn't, he hasn't put a foot wrong. Like that, that Liverpool game, man, the match. Arsenal game, it was arguably like top three performers there as well. Crystal Palace as well was quality. Like I feel like his 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 form is he's kind of got under the radar. I feel like like yeah. even though you said people are giving him credit, but I think if you look at some of the best backs in the league, he's right up there now. He's right up there. So and people, people also talk about Rudiger being one of the best or the best centre back in the league now. But I, mm. I just look at I look at Christiansen and I think like, don't worry, bro, you're gonna get the real earn soon enough because the composure, the the the, the ability to read danger, is strength now, the ability to climb over attackers and bully them physically now, it's all there. It's all there. All of the material that was like. Like you just you know when when you used to see a twenty two year old Christian somewhere you're like ah oh, I feel a bit stronger ah oh, I feel just a bit more aggressive it's all there now it's all there now man it's just yeah perfect honestly I I couldn't 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 be happier with him and obviously there's rumors of him being on hundred forty k a week now new contract signed um absolutely deserved absolutely deserved mm, so yeah I'd go Christian at right centre back. I mean, it's the, it's the right way that makes it hard, man, because I don't see him dropping the captain in Aspie. But I also think having, like, a Maurice James there could also be good because I do think those um, deep crosses that Maurice has, like, been been able to pull out of the bag recently, having that with a um, Lukaku dunking on Ake's head, I can just see it written in the stars, man. I can just see it. I can just see it. So, like, that, 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 that's kind of, like, hard for me. Crosses? He does, he does, yeah, he does. But I just feel like in terms of, like, the balance of, like, being able to deal with Cancelo as well, Athletically, I think that's where like it's a bit it's a bit hard for me to, to pick. I can't lie. It's but a bit hard fun, to pick. Funny enough, funny enough, both of them have their crosses, but in the inside right position. More mm. as a right back than a wing back. At mm. wing back, they're a lot exactly. more wider, so their crosses are a lot flatter, and it doesn't really give their uh strikers the opportunity to really attack the ball in the air. Agreed. Whereas when they're slightly deeper and they're coming onto the play, their crosses are very dangerous, both of them. So I don't think really in terms of wing back, it suits either of them. But for me, who would you pick that's the most solid between them? You know what? I'm going to go Aspie. I'm going to go Aspie. 
And then at left wing back, I've, I've got to go Chilwell. I have to. I'm, I'm sorry. Guys, you guys know I like to rattle people with my Chilwell agenda. You know, you know I like to get on, on Sam. I like to get on all these guys. But listen, I can't have Alonso against against Gabriel Jesus in this form. I, I just can't have it. Jesus has been hooping out wide. So for me, I just want to have the, the, the most solid choice of left back slash left wing back there. And it's got to be Chilwell. I mean, I hear you, yeah, but... Alonso against Salah in the second half was very solid, bro. Like, and I think Salah's far more of a threat than a Gabby Jesus. And I feel like, I, I honestly, I, I'd back, especially because Chilwell's not played much too. I'd back Alonso. I think I'd back Alonso in those scenarios still. Easily, and, easily. I think I'd back Alonso because Chilwell right now is just not. He's not like against Villa yesterday. He didn't look good at all, man. Like defensively or with the ball, he didn't look good at all. And he didn't really seize his opportunity to kind of restate that claim as a the starting left wing back. Like, like you, you kind of there were certain moments where you know he's in the final third and you kind of think, oh, Alonso couldn't he wouldn't have done that. Like, and that's not to say Alonso's class, but you're sort of thinking, yeah, Alonso wouldn't have done that. Uh, I don't really know, Chile, if that's the right thing to do there, you know what I mean. Mm, yeah, it's tough, but I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna have to go with him, man. Just, 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 just for my, for my sanity. You can't do it. You, you just I, can't, I can't do, do it. it, man. I, 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 I can no longer physically uphold this front. And then, um, in the midfield, I'm gonna go Kante, Kovacic, and Jorginho. For me, that that for the immediate future has to be the midfield going forward. And I know a lot of people are gonna be like complaining about you know, the creativity going forward. I'm, I'll be one of them, but I think just the the. The, the solidity it gives us as a basis going forward, I think that alone just like answers enough questions for me. And even then, I'm seeing Kante pick up better passes than Mount. I'm seeing Kovacic, you know, make make these Freddy through balls that people Speak said that Mount it. can do. That, that that Mount could do. So I mean, hey, look, I, I think we can see enough creativity for them um, potentially. And if we've got the, the split strikers in them team or Lukaku on the day, I think we could, I think we could have a bit of joy. Because I think one of the things that Chua does very, very well is getting the ball out of his feet quite quickly. You know, in terms of like the passes, like we've seen him like make those passes around the corner for like um, Timo a couple of times against City alone, uh, alone. So I feel like having him with him those two, I think that I think that kind of lineup could work. I think that lineup could work. Yeah, yeah, I can't really complain. I feel like with me, um, similarly to both of you, I probably would go with obviously if Mendy's fit, Mendy back, um, um, in, in goal. Reese James as the right wing back. Um, I'm gonna say Reese James, I'll give him the edge over Aspi simply because Reese James has got four assists and one goal in five games this season, which is a fantastic return. And quite clearly, you can see that he's becoming more of an offensive weapon and getting used to the wing back position. Whilst I still don't think it's his best position, he's becoming a bit more efficient and effective in it. Um, sent, right center back Christensen for me. Um, because again, the pace he could deal with, I think, um, Man City's speed a lot mm, better. Probably than be Grealish as well, so I think he could do a good uh, job against him. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, then if it's Grealish, then I'd probably play, yeah, either, either Christensen or Aspie. I don't think either of them will let you down in that position. Um, Thiago Silva is a base of, uh, of, and the heart of uh, our centre back, and Rudy Gulag, um, left centre back. I'm going to go with Alonso. Um, and I know this sounds shocking to probably most of the listeners, but yeah, I'm going to go with Alonso at left wing back. Um, I just think he's a better wing back than Chilwell, to be honest. And 
Chilwell right now, his form doesn't really look too great. And I think he's kind of short of confidence a bit. It's going to take him a little while to build it back up again. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd probably just go with that. Um, midfield three of Angolo, Kante, Jorginho at the base. And Kovacic, I think that's the perfect midfield three for these kind of big games. Tactically, um, the ability to recover the spaces, control a game, and then transition with pace with Kovacic and Kante. I think it makes us the most sense. And I'm going to go with uh, Lukaku, of course. And yeah, fuck it. I'm going to go with Werner. I'm going to go with Werner. Um, yeah, those, oh those man, those Meads, I, I can't lie, man. It's so you, know, you, you, you know, the ones you, you just have like that, 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 that sort of river where you just see to the future. Like, yeah. how, how many times I'm just thinking to myself, like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I just feel ashamed. I'm just thinking, how many times have I said, you know what, as much as I slam this guy, let me give him one more chance. I mean, he's going to disgrace himself. But You're going to dis- disgrace me giving, in front of my what? friends. You know, the thing is, yeah, the thing is, with Werner, I'm not even giving him a chance. I'm just thinking about his usefulness. You know, I'm gonna say, I'm not even thinking, oh, he's amazing. Oh, yeah, I'm just thinking about how useful is he and what damage can he do to their team? Not necessarily just to ask, I think he can cause us some problems, but what damage could he do to Man City and him stretching the play and crossing and doing those cutbacks, which is a big weapon of his to Lukaku? He does it quickly as well, he doesn't waste time. I think that could be the win. I think that could be the W there. I think that can be the W still. Yes, I'm trying to say. And you know what's so funny about what you just said there in terms of like the quickness in which he does the cutbacks. I slightly do. Do, do you think he, he does it quickly because he just wants to get rid of the ball? Yeah, like he, just, think, he just wants to get the ball out of his feet and just have no responsibility. Like, just the, the, the worst thing, the worst thing about Werner is that he takes forever to get a shot off, but then he rush. Uh, he's real quick to get that assist off or the pass off. And I, I think it's just different scenarios. I think that he, he he wants to make sure when he's in front of goal. He wants to make sure, even his first goal against Tottenham, I'll never forget it. He took an age to let that shot off. An age after the touch, he took an age to get it off. But yeah, I, I think that, I think I just feel like that's that's the right move. You know what I mean? Obviously, maybe Havertz might play against City and, and score again, but I just get the feeling that Timo Werner could be very effective. But then again, you never know. It might be Havertz and Lukaku and then Werner off the bench and change the game. I think, I think, I think Werner's more inclined to change the game than Havertz is. So maybe you start with Havertz instead. You know? I, I, that's maybe what I'm thinking. You might start it's a possibility. With that's a, it's a possibility. possibility. It's definitely a possibility. Yeah, you start off with Havertz and then Timo Werner, as infectious as ever. I don't think... There's some players that give you more when they are start off the start. And they give you more regardless. I feel like Timo Werner will give you whatever he gives you regardless. So whether yeah. he starts, whether he comes off the bench, it doesn't really impact his performance at all. Yeah, you're never going to get a, a, right. a one or two missed chances, a nice yeah. cutback. Yeah, you know what you're getting with him. It's consistent. Whereas with Havertz, I think that he's far more effective when starting games. So, yeah, that's I'm going to go with Havertz, actually. I changed my mind. Fair enough, fair enough. That's just definitely fair enough. All right, so I'm going to go score predictions and we're going to go to listeners, listeners' questions. Babs, what's your score prediction for the game? 2-0, Lukaku brace. We love to see it. Freemium. Um... I think I think I think it might be a one 0 to be honest. I think it might be another one 0 I think that'll wow. be good enough. Um, who scores the goal? Hopefully Lukaku, man. I'm well invested. My stocks are, are booming right now. <laughs> man. Cool, cool, cool. And I'm gonna go three one Chelsea. Woo, foolish. Three one Chelsea. Let's see what we're saying. Um, all right, listeners, questions. Babs, take it away, bro. 
Happily, happily, we'll do it again. A guy shout out to Discord, you know, is a bubbling comedian. We're up to about nearly a 2,000 list, 2,000 of guys in there. So please do head over there. You know, you, you can find your Chessy chat. You can find your Coppin chat. You can find your Mugger chat. You know, you can find your Touchline Hotspur chat. You can find your Touch Unit chat. You can find anything there. Whatever you want, gaming, you know, talking about TV shows, you know, just general chats and chat. You'll find it there. You'll find it there. And we treat them good. We treat them good. So yeah, first question in from Miles is um, Miles B. So he um, asks, um, do you think Tuchel will be a long-term appointment, appointment bearing in mind he usually falls out of club owners? I think that's a harsh question. I think that's a harsh question. The second part's a bit harsh. I, I'm going to leave that to you, Miz, because you're, you're quite well-versed on, the meds, uh, on um, Tuchel and, he, and, he's, and he's passed with um, owners. Um, I think that's pretty harsh considering that Tuchel... Um... I thought that Tuchel was kind of like had his legs cut off from underneath him at um, at PSG, um, considering that he was a big advocate of the PSG academy. Players like Diaby were sold without his permission um, to fund these other meaty buys, um, but and he got fed up fed up with it really, and he just lost the passion and lost the desire to really um, do his job there. And honestly, I feel like. The, the conditions at PSG where he's dealing with multiple divas, uh, you see the way Mbappe is and the way that Mbappe was showed high levels of descent to him. Neymar, um, Di Maria even, um, it's like the, just the characters and the, the way that it is wasn't conducive for a manager like Tuchel who's very system-based, uh, um, very much a collective. He's always thinking about the team and the collective rather than the individuals. So... I feel like his relationship with the owners and boards are generally quite good. Um, I don't think he really has that much of an issue. Um, I just feel like a lot of expectations were placed on him at PSG um, and he wasn't really given the tools to really do his job at, at PSG. Whilst you had Neymar and Mbappe, who you might argue that, yeah, that's the tools to do everything you can because they're two of the best players in the world. But with those great players and those, you know, you know, hard to, to they're, they're quite hard to manage. These guys are, um, they're not really the type to press. They're not really the type to kind of, you know, work for the team off the ball. And obviously that's all, that's two ball. You know that, that's him to the team. And he gets on to players for not doing that. So him not being able to do that kind of hinders the system and makes it kind of flawed. Um, so I think Tuchel is a long-term appointment. And I kind of digressed a bit, but I think Tuchel is a long-term appointment Considering the way he speaks about the club, like he said that finally he's in an environment where he feels like everything is set up for him to do his job correctly. And that seems like a shot at his previous clubs. Um, and I don't think it's really... I think he's right. Every manager that's come to Chelsea has said that, look, our owner, Roman Abramovich, and the board have given us everything. They give us everything to do what we need to do. Um, you know what I mean? For one reason or another, it doesn't work out. So... Maybe it's a long-term situation, but you never know with football. And honestly, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I feel like whilst he's already secured the Champions League, things look really good, man. Things look really good. And I, I he's my personal, personally, one of my favourite ever managers. So I hope it's he's here for a very long time. Um, you know what I'm trying to say? Because I, I, I think he's incredible. Mm, I definitely, definitely have to agree with you. I definitely have to agree with you. And um, the second question... I'm going to come to you, um, Freemium, our, our stats connoisseur. So, John Brown asks them. So, he says, um, Chelsea have scored the second most goals and given up the fewest in the Prem. So, joint um, fewest with City and Liverpool while facing a pretty tough schedule thus so far. If Chelsea can defeat City this season, are we officially title favourites? Um, I think so. I think so. Um, 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 I think so.
I like it. I like it. Honestly, I see, I, I see a lot of the other teams, yeah, and a lot of the other touchline communities hiding, you know. A lot of them are hiding, saying, nah, we didn't, we, we didn't, we didn't build a super team. Nah, we signed Ronaldo, but we're not going to win it. A lot of them are hiding in it. Listen, if we beat City, I'm not afraid to say it. We beat City, and that makes us famous. Now, that's just it. That's just simple mathematics right here. There's just, there's just no, there's no way to duck and dive, and somebody has to be brave enough to take them out and say, look, we, I think we're going to win it. That's integrity right there, bro. If we beat City, then we're, we're favourites. That's it. There's, there's just, there's, there's no, there's no reason to say that, you know, Liverpool are going to go are better than us or City are better than us. If we beat City for the fourth time in a row and we slap Pep's bald head, there's literally nothing to say, but I think we're going to win it. So I really hope we do, man. I really hope we do. Because, yeah, man, this season is looking good, man. We signed Lukaku, been fantastically, stocks are booming. Yeah, man, I'm happy. It would be a massive statement, to say the least. It would be a massive statement if we win. Especially if it was like a, a very, very convincing, emphatic win. It, it, it would just be a massive statement. Massive. And talking to statements, um, means. So, Luke, um, he, he was in the podcast last week. He, he says um, the touchline pod was sending half a Chelsea on Monday. You know, they're obviously terrified of Chelsea. What, what's your response to them? That's, that's Luke's question. What is your response to them, Mutes? To Touchy Gunas. <laughs> no, the, the, to, the, to the Touchline podcast in general. Like, all, like Muga, you know, the, the Spurs boys, the guys who want the podcast on Monday. What is your message? Here's my thing, right? Especially, like, okay, let me break it down one by one. So, Touchy Gunas, I can only laugh at them. Like, and I can only laugh at Arsenal. So I don't really have any time to be responding to them because they're not really in my peripheral. But I, I'm not one to entertain guys that run from the ground, innit? And I, I look at United, them lot can't talk for anyone because they're all cowards. All cowards. Oh, no, we're not, we haven't got a super team, so why should we be in the title race? Shut up. Shut up. You not talk, okay? You've got Maguire, apparently one of the best centre-backs in the league. But Ryan, apparently one of the best centre-backs in the league. Luke Shaw, best left-back in the league. Paul Pogba, one of the best midfielders in the league. Bruno Fernandes, one of the best centre-back midfielders in the league. Ronaldo, one of the best players ever. Greenwood, one of the best young players in world football. Why are you talking rubbish? Why are you running away from the fact that you've got a great team and you should be challenging for titles? Should be challenging for honours. I know you went out of the cup, cup, cup yesterday, but you should be challenging for honours. Don't run. Oh, they went out. They went exactly. out. Say it's not yeah, so. Don't run out. Don't run out. Don't run. That's what I've got to say. Don't run. As for Liverpool, I could give them a little bit of time. I'd give them a little bit of time. They make excuses for when they're down bad. Oh, yeah, we've got injuries, blah, blah, blah. They make excuses, but here we are. I, I, I can still give them a, a, a senior respect because of what they've done in recent, in recent seasons, but at the end of the day, they're one injury away from being, oh, no, we've got injuries again, so we shouldn't really be winning it. That, I, again, all I've got to say is, if we re- revisit the tape and watch the tape for the last couple of seasons, we're around. Chelsea are about. Chelsea are about and always will be about. Whether it's challenging for the Champions League, league title, we are always going to be about. These other guys, Manchester United, one, this is one of their biggest trophy drafts in their history. I don't, I don't need to entertain them, guys. I don't. There's, there's absolutely no need because they're bums and cowards. Simple. Eloquently, eloquently, eloquently put together, put there, Luis. And the last question, we'll leave this over to the crowd. So, Prash asked them, do we think we need to give Rudiger more than 200k, given he has been good with a change of system and there is no guarantee we might be using the same 
the same, I think you mean same system two, two to three years down the line? If not, who would you like to get as a replacement? I from, I'm going to ask this first, but I think just give him the bag, man. Give him the bag. He deserves it. One of the best defenders in, in Europe right now. One of the best defenders in the world. F- flat, full stop. He deserves it, man. You, you, you got guys like Werner on what, two, 240, 250, whatever he is. You got chill on 190. And I'm not a pocket watcher. Hey, I, I'm about the bag, man. I'm telling these players, go get the bag. I don't care how much you get. Get as much money as you want. So in that in, in the spirit of you know of generosity, give Rudy good a bag, man. He he deserves it. He's been an excellent servant to the club. He's been excellent for, throughout. He's been he was good under Conte. He was stolen under Sarri. Obviously, in the Lampard, you know, they had their they had their problems, but even then, he still had a couple of games. So and we see him now. You know, he's been quality. So for me personally, I think you just got to give him the contract. There's there's a reason why Bayern are literally trying to tap him up right now. There's a reason. It, it, it's not because he's just it's not just because he's German and they feel happy. Like people say, oh, free at the back tax. But Bayern play a 4-3-3 slash 4-2-3-1, one of the highest lines in, in, in world football. I, I, and they think Rudiger can fit in there as well. So I, I don't think it's just a thing of him just like being tied to this one system. I just think when Rudiger is, is, in, is in a team whereby the manager is able to like give him clear instructions, you know, structure it, just say, do this for me. He's, I think he'll just excel. That's just it for me. Agreed. And I feel like Rudiger, what, he's coming into his prime now. He's just turned 28 in March. Give him the money, bro. And I feel like for him as well, he recognises, look, this is one of the biggest contracts of his life, whether it's at Chelsea or any other team. This is his last big, big contract. Um, So he feels like it needs to be right for him. You can't be offering him peanuts because he's proven himself as a world champion. um, I mean, as a European champion at the highest level. Um, so I feel like if Chelsea are serious, they should keep him and give him the money he deserves. Um, so whether that's him putting him on 200k, 190, do it, do it because he, he honestly, as one of our better defenders and best defenders, he should be remunerated for that. Full, full stop, you know, absolutely, absolutely agree, man. And also, like, you got to think about how much they're gonna have to spend to replace him, like, it's gonna cost a lot more replacing him. Than it is just giving him what he, what he deserves, man. So better the devil you know, man. We should definitely keep him. We should definitely keep him happy and, and offer him the contract that, that, he, that he's negotiating. For. Absolutely. Yeah, man. What could be said? Facts. Facts, man. But yeah, guys, you know, you've heard from us, the Agenda Avengers. I'm going to give it back to me. So, you know, just wrap it up for us. Yeah, well, obviously, we're going to be back next week. Hopefully, if you come on the, the, the Discord live, you'll get to, to vibe with us. And hopefully, you see a blaming of Man City slapping Pep in his bald head. And obviously, we'll be back next week. Champions League game midweek as well. So, mm-hmm. we'll be back next week. Hopefully, it's two wins out of two. And yeah, we'll have more more, more ammo for the Ops next week. But exactly, yeah, man. Peace. Thank you for joining me, but peace. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>